Welcome back to the Ultimate Pocket Therapist. We are a mother and daughter team of Shannon and Brooke, wanting to educate, entertain, and enlighten all of you to mental health. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. That's what we say we do. Yep. Well, we think we're entertaining. We, yeah, but we're assuming we're providing everyone else with the same amount of entertainment. <laughs> Just because we think we're funny? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, well, we're not going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep pretending. Yeah. Live in our bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we get started, here's the disclaimer. I'm not your therapist. This is not a therapy session. And if anything that we bring up, nope, anything we talk about brings up issues. If, if we bring up any it, issues, issues for you, <laughs> get help. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. No. Seek counseling. No. Okay. And we'll take this opportunity to share a resource that is available for everybody. This podcast is being sponsored by BetterHelp. Like we have mentioned in each of our podcasts, if anything we talk about triggers or brings up any issues, don't hesitate to seek counseling. Everyone has struggles and therapy does not need to be scary. Everyone deserves to be happy, and you don't need to worry about finding a therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And as a special offer to Ultimate Pocket Therapist listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash therapist. That's betterhelp.com slash therapist. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. All right. So what's up? Well, we have a topic today that's kind of like a big can of worms. It's a little heavy. It is a little heavy. It's not near as fun as people fighting. I know. Yeah. I know. But we should we should just do those from now on. <laughs> I know. Do the light ones. Yeah. 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 But um but we did get an email, and so I thought about it and decided, yeah, we'll we'll delve into it, even though it's not one of my areas of expertise, but I'll share with the listeners what I know. Okay. Okay. So it's about eating disorders. Yes. Yeah. So I'll read an email that we got. It says, hello, I know you're not my therapist, and this is not a therapy session. <laughs> At least she's been listening. <laughs> But if you guys could give me some direction, I would greatly appreciate it. I have a teenage daughter that has an eating disorder. She is diagnosed with bulimia. She has been seeing a therapist weekly for over two years, but I don't see much change. She seems to go back and forth. Sometimes I think she is doing better, and then I know she is doing it again. She lies and is really sneaky about her food. She has a part-time job, so she has her own spending money, and I find fast food wrappers in her car a lot. She will lie about that and say she hasn't bought anything to eat. 
I wonder why she doesn't throw her wrappers away because she knows I will look. When she eats dinner with us, she will sneak off to the bathroom later to throw up. She will lie about that too. She gets angry and mean when I try to talk to her about it and tells me that she's over it. I don't think the therapy is helping, but she likes her therapist and won't go to someone different. I've checked some eating disorder programs, but they are usually impatient and very expensive, and our insurance will not pay for very much of it, and she would never go. Mm. Any ideas? Thanks, Karen. Darn it. I know. That's rough. It is rough. And unfortunately, it's pretty darn common. Yeah. That's the that's the sad thing with eating disorders, you know. It would be so hard as a parent watching your kid go through that too. Right. It's so helpless. Right. And then they're, they lie about it and you yeah. don't know how to get them help. Because mm-hmm. eating disorders can be really dangerous. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's not something that you want to not, like, it sounds like mom's trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so much long-term damage that comes from eating disorders. Oh, I know. It's, it's, they're really scary. So maybe what we should do is just talk a little bit about eating disorders and kind of look at what they are and then maybe see if we're, we're while we're doing this, we can come up with some ideas for the mom. Yeah. You know, so, and that's one of the things that I need to say. I don't treat people with eating disorders. I have attempted to in the past, and I find that individual outpatient counseling is not a good modality for eating disorders. And the reason why is they lie. Mm -hmm. Okay. They will come in my office once a week and tell me they're eating, and I have no way to know any different. Yeah. And so I really think that needs more than just outpatient therapy can be part of, Mm -hmm. but the treatment plan, in my opinion, needs to be a lot more than just once a week outpatient counseling. Yeah. Okay. And we can talk more about ideas for treatment as Mm -hmm. we go on, but, um, I'm actually from Brooks, 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 Brooke's favorite book. <laughs> there we go. The DSM-5. Yeah. That mm-hmm. she's read now several times. Oh, so, several so times. many times. Yeah. I'm actually just going to read the definition of an eating disorder out of the DSM. So um, feeding and eating disorders characterized by a persistent disturbance of eating or eating related behavior that results in altered consumption or absorption of food that significantly impairs physical health or psychosocial functioning. And I know what every bit of that means. Yeah, you do? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, an eating disorder are conditions characterized by severe and persistent disturbance in eating behaviors and are usually associated with distressing thoughts and emotions. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a lot of, lots of types of them. But the ones that we most commonly hear about, I think, are the anorexia, nervosa, bulimia, and binge eating. Mm-hmm. And then there's the crazy ones we can talk about a little later. Yeah, that yeah. was insane. I was looking 
Adam <laughs> earlier and it whoa yeah whoa. we'll we'll touch on those because those are rare but yeah they're there that's so crazy yeah so eating disorders unfortunately are super common mm-hmm. so they say like 28 million Americans have or have had an eating disorder wow that's yeah nuts and mental health wise what we look at too they're the deadliest mental illnesses we have second to opiate wow yeah overdoses mm-hmm. yep it goes back to what i was saying they're just so dangerous i know have so much long-term damage and yeah oh yeah scary and the thing is is they're usually well we we mostly relate them to women and girls and adolescents mm-hmm. but there's an in Increase in men, and also uh, gender nonconforming people is how they term it. Hmm. An increase in that population, but often they don't go treated as much. They stay a little bit more under the radar. Very interesting. Yeah. So, what is like anorexia? What would you well, think of? I immediately go to starvation. Yeah, me too. You know, and yeah. you see the dramatic photos or, you know, of people who have or had anorexia and they seriously look terrible. They look like skeletons. Yeah. And so that's what I always come to. But I, I know I think that's what pops up for most people with yeah. anorexia is that extreme um, thin, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So anorexia, like most eating disorders, usually start in young adults. Not always. But mm-hmm. we do see it start in, in adolescents and young people, you know. Yeah. But with people with anorexia, they always view themselves as overweight. Even if they're dangerously underweight, they see themselves as overweight. There's that much distortion in body image. Do they call that, um, crap, I just had it on the tip of my tongue, dysmorphia? Is that a body dysmorphia type? Probably. Yeah. It comes hand in hand with that, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And so here's an interesting thing with anorexia, too, is like um, people can be anorexic and not be underweight because say they were overweight and then they developed anorexia and they lost a significant amount of weight, but Mm -hmm. they were still not underweight. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we can have it not detected. Okay. Yeah. People are more just congratulating you on, oh, you've lost so much oh, yeah. weight. You look so good. Yeah. But underlining mm-hmm. it's actually a right. Big but it's going to have the same risk factors, right? You know, because you're basically starving your body. Yeah. Another part of the long-term effects of anorexia, because you do this for very long, it's going to have an impact on your body. Right. You know, you cannot be like, you know, excessive exercise and all this stuff and not be eating Mm -hmm. okay so they have like brittle bones Mm -hmm. and hair and nails you know all of that is affected and if you don't treat it you actually can end up with heart brain uh organ failure Mm -hmm. all kinds of problems you know yeah yeah it's it's can be really deadly Uh, it's really scary i think one of the biggest cases, sorry to interrupt, but you know, um, this is before your time, but way back in the day, there was a group called the Carpenters and Karen Carpenter was, had a beautiful voice, just kind of like a somber. Her voice was so good. And she actually died 
from anorexia. And that's when it kind of started becoming public and talked about more in the media was after her death. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. So, and then we have bulimia. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's your guess, bulimia? Well, that one, I know that that's the excessive eating and then the purging, the, the getting rid of it somehow. Right, yeah. Yeah, you eat in abundance of something. Usually it's something you shouldn't be having. Right, yeah. It kind of is like the whole chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they'll like go that. and get rid of it uh-huh. in some way or another. Right. Usually for me, I think of it as vomiting. And that's, I think, a common one. Mm, probably, and probably and that's the most effective way to get rid uh-huh. of it. Because I yeah. know there's other ways, but that's more of a long term. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Laxatives are another way. Yeah. Yeah. I used to actually work years and years ago with someone... And she worked in a satellite office of one of the agencies. Mm-hmm. And she was beautiful and thin. And she took laxatives every single day to get rid of all the food she'd eaten during the day. What? Uh-huh. And she actually would tell some of the uh, the girls in the office, you know, oh, you know, the best way to lose weight is take laxatives. Can you imagine what that does to your body over time? No, no. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was like, you have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know that just watching her because she seemed to be eat, eating normal, but she took laxatives every night. Yeah. Can you imagine how much time you'd spend in the bathroom? No. <laughs> I can't imagine what that just does to your body. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because they end up doing, when you blame it, you end up doing something to compensate for eating those calories. Yeah. It's the whole idea behind that one. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the, and you, usually it's not a safe way of doing it, Mm-mm. you know? No. Well, and you get, you can get problems with your esophagus, your oh, yeah. throat. Teeth. Teeth. Yeah. It just, all of it just kind of rots yeah. away with stomach acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, and the thing is, is like, um, they do it, they're secret. All these eating disorders oftentimes are sneaky. Well, that makes sense, too, because mm-hmm. you don't want people to stop you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with, like, the feelings that come with it, like, I know in just working with people in the past, after they binge, then they have this sense of, like, shame or guilt. Mm-hmm. Almost like, you know, they, that goes along with a lot of behavioral stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of depression and stuff, I think, with that. And then again, it's like anorexia. The longer it goes, you have a risk of heart problems, stroke, diabetes. Yeah. Well, our bodies cannot not be right, not be given nutrients. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's the thing. It's it's like mm-hmm. we will shut down. Right. Yeah. And then the other one that's really common is our binge eating disorder. Okay. And I think we hear anorexia a lot, but I actually think in reality our binge eating, we see more of. And I think people don't realize that it's an eating disorder. Uh Uh-huh. As much as it is an eating disorder. Yeah. Because with binge eating, you don't purge. Yeah. Okay. You just overeat. So a lot of times you end up very overweight, right? Right. You can be very overweight. 
and you eat large amounts of food rapidly, again, in secret, sneaky mm-hmm. sometimes, okay? You have that feeling of lack of control, mm-hmm. okay? You eat past feeling full, yeah. okay? Yeah. And, but there's no purging behaviors. Okay. So okay. therefore, they're gaining weight. Mm-hmm. Which I think is why people don't usually view it as an eating disorder. Because mm-hmm. I think majority of people who are uneducated about it, an eating dis- disorder automatically means skinny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. No. And this type of one, I see a lot with people with this type of one having physical problems like back and joint problems mm-hmm. because they might have excessive weight yeah. or a lot of the type 2 diabetes again. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we're messing with our blood sugars, right? You know, and we're eating too much, or even the binging—they eat too much, and then if they don't purge it all, you just have health problems, right? You know, so this is the scary thing about eating disorders—is they're they're out there and they're common, mm-hmm. you know. But I'll tell you, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, you know, it's why I don't work with eating disorders. I don't specialize in that, is because I'm just not equipped to help them. Right. You know, I can provide the therapy if I'm part of a team, mm-hmm. you know. So years ago, I have a story cuz years ago that did happen. Okay. I had a, a young mother come in to see me. She had a couple little kids and she was very open right from the beginning. I have anorexia. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay." So right from the beginning, I was very open and I said, "I don't treat eating disorders." And she says, "I know you don't. I researched you." She said, but I want you to be my therapist because I don't want to have to travel into the city to get everyone. And she says, I have set up where I am going to a nutritionist and the doctor in town is monitoring me and I need you to do the therapy and I have an entire team set up. And I went, well, okay, I'll try. Yeah. Okay. And so I did and we worked on it. You know, anorexia is kind of like doesn't go away. You're always anorexic almost. You know what I mean? I think that comes she, with any addiction mm-hmm. of any kind too. I do you too. Hear that. It just never yeah. goes away. And her way was excessive exercise. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She would exercise up to eight hours a day. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the guilt. She would be upset if she ate like two pieces of white bread during the day. Wow. Uh-huh. Was she very thin? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Like she was pretty, thing. uh-huh. Yep. But she was not thin enough that they ever hospitalized her or put her on a feeding tube or anything. She was just maintaining, but she was being watched by the doctor and the nutritionist because I can't be in control of that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So we went back and really worked in therapy with her. And, you know, we uncovered a lot of negative core beliefs that had started when she was little. She had a very controlling narcissistic mother. Mm -hmm. And she actually got a lot better after she went back, was able to deal with a lot of these past issues. So therapy has a role in this. Right. Definitely. But I don't think it can be alone. Yeah. It's just my opinion, you know. Yeah, well, it makes sense. Yeah. And I know there are therapists out there that specialize in eat with eating disorders, and they're probably far more effective because they have the tools to help people with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk about the creepy ones? Yeah. And uh, apologies for any judgment if anyone is struggling with this, but these are nuts. 
These are absolutely <laughs> crazy, and I can't even imagine suffering with this. I can't either, because I I don't know. Uh-uh. Yeah. So the first one that we've got is pica. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is an eating disorder that involves eating things that are not considered food. And do not provide any nutritional value. Okay. Okay. So this is the stuff where I've seen specials on this on TV. Yeah, they have they have all TV shows about like yeah. my strange addictions or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. And these they eat things like dirt. Yeah, or like I I remember watching an episode where a woman had to eat like so many Kleenexes or or toilet paper oh a my day. Word. Yeah, and it was just like her; she had to do it. Yeah. But sometimes, like, you eat stuff that's not, like, laundry detergent. Yeah, that's going to kill you. Yeah, that can be poisonous. One of the ones I saw recently was um, a person that was an addic- addicted to uh, drinking hand sanitizer. <gasps> and right? that can also make you high. I think that was probably what Right, okay, it, yeah, I was going to say that. But... I've had addicts that will use hand sanitizer and say it is a crazy drunk so to speak yeah Mm -hmm. but oh man yeah but with this it can occur with um children adolescents and adult but the sad thing is that we often see it with um people with intellectual disabilities so they've got like some other mental health stuff going on oh yeah Mm -hmm. that kind of would make sense yeah yeah it would and then, you know, then, like we said, you've got all kinds of, like, risk, poisoning, yeah. gut problems. Well, and, like, and some of the things that they'll say is, like, like you said, the dirt, pebbles, like, yeah. that kind of stuff that doesn't process for the human body no. like it should. uh-uh. No. I can see why it can be fatal. Yeah. Or, like, string. Yeah. Like, we're not made oh, to yeah. eat, like, wool and string and, yeah, hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. That one is, you know, but there's also, and you know, I don't know, but there's some cultures and religions that it's acceptable to do. That's bizarre to me. I know. It is to me, too. And then this one is another one that is not. This one got me. And again, sorry if I <laughs> if we offend you by, like, talking if about. If you're struggling if with If you this are struggling, because I could not imagine this one. Yeah. Rumination disorder. Yeah. Yeah, in which a person regurgitates food. It, I think I've grown up with too many farm animals. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, cows and goats will do that. They'll, uh-huh. like, regurgitate, yeah. chew it. It's called chewing their cud, and uh-huh. then they swallow it back down to process. But that's just grass and stuff. Like, just for me to visualize that it's... That people do that. With, like, food that they eat. So uh-huh. it's exactly what that is. It's regurgitating Right, food that they consume to either rechew it and swallow it, or at some points they spit it out. Yeah, and it's interesting when I was reading about this that infants can start doing this, like between the ages of like three and twelve months. What? Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're going why? Yeah. Yeah. What would what what is the mm-hmm. purpose to that? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but the common ones like we talked about are are anorexia and our bulimia and the binge eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you know if you've got an eating disorder? 
Well, you're skinny. Not always. I know. Or you're really, really, really not skinny. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't know. For me, it'd be hard for me to imagine not knowing I had an eating disorder. Yeah. I guess unless it was the binge eating. Right. I think it's it's well, like you have to really try hard not to eat if you're hungry because it's human nature. Mm-hmm. But I could see not knowing that you had a full blown eating disorder with the binge eating. Yeah. Because it's a natural response. You eat. Right. But I think a lot of eating disorders, why I bring that up is there's a lot of people that might have eating disorders that aren't really diagnosed. Like they are just totally consumed with thoughts of dieting, exercise, calories, counting calories. Yeah. You know, grams, weighing Mm -hmm. their food, you know, or refusal to eat certain foods or eat in front of others Uh uh-huh out in public Mm -hmm. yeah yep or like skipping meals and only eating small portions Mm -hmm. you know and those all can be eating disorders right you know i just think sometimes i hear clients talk a lot about stress eating yeah and you know is that an eating disorder is it stress eating but i think there's a lot of gray area with eating disorders. Mm-hmm. I don't think everyone just has the full-blown anorexia. Right. You know? Yeah. Or people who are just over-consumed with their body size. Right. You know? And it just consumes them. You know? Yeah, that, that makes That could sense. be an eating disorder. You know? Mm-hmm. So, little bit about treatment. So, you know, my opinion, like I said, is... Um, Bunch, an army. <laughs> an army. Get a village. An army. A yeah. treatment village. Uh-huh. You know, because I think there's a place, like I said, for individual counseling. Doing, you know, cognitive behavioral stuff is huge. Mm-hmm. Medication, too, can help. Okay. Because what we can work on with the medication is helping decrease anxiety and work on the depression. Mm-hmm. You know? And for um, the binge eating types, I know that there are medications out there that really can take away your appetite mm-hmm. and kind of help you with that constant feel appetite that suppressant type appetite suppressant type of stuff. Suppressant, yeah. But you would have to yeah. do that along with therapy to figure out why those triggers mm-hmm. were there. Yeah. And again, the nutritional counseling. Mm-hmm. I think teaching people about why our body needs nutrition, mm-hmm. what we're doing to our body, the education part of it, mm-hmm. you know, and helping them come up with a plan a nutritional plan they can stick with. Yeah. And they won't fight too much against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So what about our emailer? Emailer? Our emailer with her daughter. Uh, did she mention how old this daughter was? Or uh, age did realm? Did she say teenager? Maybe, I think so. So, I know this is terrible, but I think if any in, anyone in this situation... If you have a teenager or a minor of any kind that is refusing to get help, I think that you need to take advantage of the fact that you can ultimately decide right. to force them to have help before they are an adult and they truly can't be made to do anything. Right. Because she's at least old enough to drive because yeah. it says she leaves wrappers in her car. Yeah. I don't think she comes into the age on this email I was looking at it. But I'm just saying that if yeah. she's still within that minor, like mm-hmm. under the age of 18, yeah. I would maybe try to really force an inpatient mm-hmm. 
And but she also says that money is an issue. An issue. But yeah. they have grants at times, don't they? Or Well, I'm wondering too, it depends on insurance. Okay. You know, if they could even do a short a short thirty day. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is is you know, she likes her therapist and she doesn't want to quit. So I was thinking about, you know, what if you say, for now, you have to go to a therapist that specializes in eating disorders. I didn't say whether this therapist did or not. You're right. Okay. And then when you get a handle on your eating disorder, because she obviously has one, Mm -hmm. it's open and it's not a secret, you get a handle on that, you are where we can trust that you're maintaining you know, your nutritional plan, mm-hmm. then you go back to your other therapist. Yeah. You know, so you put the therapist that you like kind of on hold. Then I would definitely say, in addition to that, you've got to go to a nutritionist. I know they have them at hospitals and stuff. You can contract with nutritionists. Mm-hmm. Usually sometimes insurance companies will pay for that a little bit. Yeah. You know, and get more of a team approach. Yeah. Okay. Where, Mom isn't just watching it from the sidelines and a therapist is trying to do it once a week, mm-hmm. you know. So she needs more. For me, she needs more. She does. Yeah. And one good avenue with that is because she, she says that she is diagnosed with bulimia. Uh-huh. Maybe go to the doctor that diagnosed her and mm-hmm. ask for help. Right. And say, this is Back to the team approach. Yes. I need something that's covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. I need, you know. Yeah. But help me help her. Because we don't have a lot of information if she's taking an antidepressant, if she's taking anything for anxiety, what else is going on, mm-hmm. you know. But for me, it's kind of like she doesn't, I'm with you, she doesn't get to be in charge. Right. And, you know, where she won't go, well, you know what, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to this nutritionist, you're going back to the doctor, you're going to go to this therapist that specializes, that works as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times people do have teams that they do work with. Mm-hmm. You know, I know nutritionists will refer to certain therapists because they work hand in hand together, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So my my suggestion with this gal is to kind of make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think the longer you sit back mm-hmm. and don't take charge, yeah, then you're going to have an adult on your hands that doesn't have to. Right. And where you're sneaking and lying... It's mm-hmm. kind of like you don't you don't get to do that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I mean, it. You may have to play hardball with her. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you don't get to be by yourself because mm-hmm. you clearly can't handle being alone. Yeah, you know, or just things like that. It's just, I, it's time to take charge. I think with her. Yeah, I would say it's yeah. so much easier said than done, but you're gonna have to. Right. Especially where she says she argues and gets mean or something she tries to bring up. So I'm sure there's a lot of fighting behind closed doors over this one. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, finding the wrappers in the car. Yeah. Getting confronted. Yeah. You know. I liked when the mom said, I don't know why she just doesn't throw them away. Yeah. I know. It's just like, do you want to get caught? Do you want to fight? And maybe she does. Maybe. You know, there's kind of an interesting thing about why she leaves them in the car Mm -hmm. when she knows her mom's going to look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I do not envy this situation. I could not imagine as a mom. Yeah. Watching this unfold and feeling helpless. Mm-hmm. But like like we were saying, just you have a few short years if she's a teenager. Right. Especially if she's driving. So she's at least 16. Yeah. Uh-huh. To make this happen. Right. 
Yeah. So, yeah, eating disorders are hard. Like mm. I said, I've kind of dealt with some in the past, and they're tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have a family member that almost died from. Oh yeah, anorexia. struggled for years with yeah. anorexia. Like almost went into full blown organ failure. Right. With it, had feeding tubes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't from lack of her parents not putting her in treatment centers. Oh, I know. She went to several, even out of state. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and thankfully there's a happy ending with that as she did. I don't think, like I said, I don't think anyone ever gets over it Mm -hmm. or, you know, conquers an eating disorder like like addiction. I don't think it ever goes away. Right. But it sure seems like, at least for our family member that we're talking about, she has really been able to turn it around. Right. She's doing better. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think, I'm not sure, but I actually think now as an adult – She's gone to college, and I think she now works with people with eating disorders. I think you're right. I think yeah, I remember which I that. think is great because you know how helpful to have a therapist working with you that's been down that path. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah, because that's the biggest thing I think, especially for teenager adolescents, is you don't get it, you don't understand. Yeah. So it's great when you actually have someone that's like, right. actually, I was on the really bad end of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had surgeries and hospitalizations yeah. and feeding tubes. Feeding tubes. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, that's true. It's, it can be scary. Yeah. It can be really scary. Yeah. And I think for everybody, it's important to to remember you guys can ask for help. Mm-hmm. Help is out there. Just yeah. because it doesn't fall in your lap doesn't mean it's not accessible. Right. And like I was saying, there was a doctor that diagnosed this daughter. So if retrace your steps, go back to that doctor. Right. And ask for help. Right. Help is out there. Mm-hmm. And I think anyone listening, even if you think you're suffering with it, get help. Ask. Right. Yeah. This day and age, there's no excuse for not getting help anymore. Except you can get you're it. sneaky. Yeah. Unless uh-huh. you don't want it. You yeah, don't want exactly. Help. Yeah. Because you're sneaky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Well, I... I know this is a like we said a heavier topic. Yeah, it wasn't as near as fun. <laughs> it's not nearly as fun. There no. was not. There's a lot less giggling involved with yeah. this one. And the thing is, is it's, there's so much to it. That was just a quick overview, you mm-hmm. know. Because I'll tell you, there's layers, layers to eating disorders. Yeah, and I mean, if any of you listening hear this and have your own, you know, survivor story with this, please send it in. It's so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. people hearing of others that have gone through and lived and survived oh, yeah. and conquered. And we'll read them. Yeah, we'll read them. And honestly, I would love, it would be great to have an episode where we read a few Yep. of them. So uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to support us, I mean, we're a self-ran little podcast here in a uh, pod office. <laughs> pod office with our puppy dog. <laughs> yes. But if you guys want to support us, leave us a five-star review, share us with your friends. Um, and we also have a Patreon. So give that a... A check, check out. Give that a look. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll just sign up for it. Well, they have to look for it first. Okay. Well, and then look sign up for it. it and sign up for it. There but the uh, link to that is in our show notes. And we will catch you guys next time.